Welcome everybody to the Safina Society, nothing but facts live stream, where today we're talking about France today. Today is all about France. Now, I don't understand something. Why is anyone surprised in the least bit that France wants to shut down all these mosques? Okay. So here's an article. Uh, let's get the exact date on this article. It doesn't make a difference because it's just, it's about a, a, a sweeping trend. Okay. Um, but France is shutting down Masajid all over their country. Now, I have a question. What in the world is the surprise here? When, as I've said earlier, their grandpas, their great-granddads, all of them traveled thousands of miles to do far worse than this. And they suffered. Like, traveling in the old days, in the old days in the ancient times is not easy. Okay. They traveled hundreds of thousands of miles, coming and going and coming and going for crusade number one, crusade, second crusade, third crusade. And then they also were the reinforcements for the West. There were crusades in the West. Alfonso VI, when he got in trouble and he had to face the Murabitun, and he realized he's, he's not facing some weak person, in Yusuf bin Tashafin, who did he write to? The French. And they went to Spain to fight. And luckily Yusuf bin Tashafin whipped them. Okay? They traveled all this, left their homes, were strangers, were dying of disease in order to come to you Muslims and slut your necks off. Okay? When their great, 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 great grandkids, they want to shut down a mosque in their own country. Are you surprised? Now, there's one thing about the reality of the situation in theory, and there's another thing about the consequences. Now, as a result of all the nonsense that the French are getting, we're going to take, we're going to do our little bit of action, and we're going to try to reach the French Muslims with subtitled YouTube videos. So going forward, we're going to have a playlist in French with subtitles. Because I, I want to reach out to these people. I feel bad for them. I want to say, I sort of feel bad. I don't mean to insult you, but your, your parents were naive to think that they could go in France. I mean, things in North Africa must have been really bad that you would go to this country whose history is not a secret and imagine that you're going to live a better life, that you're going to be treated well. So the situation must have been that bad. Think about it. How bad was the situation in where Algeria and what other countries are in there? Senegal. The situation must have been so bad that going to the land of essentially the Crusaders was appealing, was an option. If not appealing, at least an option. So on one hand, it must have been really bad. I feel bad for you. On the other hand... I want to say to these second generation Muslims, I think that you know, your parents must have been either, they didn't read history, things were really bad for them, but I want to try to reach out to them. And so we're going to have a subtitled 
playlist of everything that we want to do. We try to get it subtitled in French for these Muslims. I'm reading from an article here that in, the, in two years, under the name of the anti-separatism law, the French have shut down over 20 mosques. First of all, I'm pretty surprised that they would even bother giving this legal cover of an anti-separatism law. I'm pretty surprised, right? I mean, at that point, their hatred of Islam is so obvious. I would just say, we're shutting you down because we don't like Muslims, right? We don't, we don't want you in our country, right? We tolerate a lot of things, but niqab, beards, and all your politics and what have you, we just don't want it. Okay, I'm just surprised that they're actually still trying to have a, a legal cover. I guess they, they got themselves um, bound up with, with human rights and all these you know, man-made ideals that nobody really is bound to, except that they're now bound to it just for the public face of it. That's it. Okay. Truth comes to shove, but when push comes to shove, no one's bound to anything that they make up. If I make up some rights and I say, hey, listen... Let's say I get employees, right? And I say, hey, employees, we, you got all these rights. Who made up the rights? I did. Okay? The moment I don't feel like I'm benefiting from these rights anymore, what do I do? I just change them. Okay. Oh, you have a contract. Do you have, are you going to pay a lawyer to sue me? Right? No. You have no ability to physically sue me. So tear up the contract. That's it. That's the nature of if you don't have any taqwa and you don't report to anything greater than you, that's how you behave, okay? So France has started the process of shutting down the Obernai Mosque in the, in the, in the Basrin area, uh, but this isn't the first time it has done so. And since 2020, 23 Masajah have been shut down. And its critics say it's a direct action against French Muslims who make up 6% of the population. By the way, that's nonsense. It's way more than 6, like way more. You go in uh, certain parts of, of, of uh, Paris, and I've been to Paris two, three times. You go to certain parts, it's all Arabs. It's, you, you go to any train station in the country of France and yell, Mamadou! Ten people turn around. Okay? France's Minister of the Interior and Overseas, Gerald, uh, uh, and Gerald uh, Darmanin, whatever, revealed this on Twitter, saying, at the request of the President of the Republic, the fight against Islamist separatism continues. Again, let's cut to the chase. Just say Islam. I'd rather much cut to the chase than this veiled human rights nonsense and you trying to put a, a separatism. What if I want to separate? Where's my freedom? Liberty. Didn't Napoleon go and die for liberty? Right, what is it? Brotherhood, liberty, and whatever. Okay, so my liberty to be different, and so don't play with words. Just say it as it is. Let's cut to the chase. If there's ever going to be anything really bad out of Europe, it's going to be the French just butchering all the Muslims. So in twenty uh, two years, twenty three mosques have sh have shut down. The growing anti-Muslim sentiment across France's political spectrum has been a cause of concern for rights activists. Read naive people and organizations. There are no rights that you give your that you force upon yourself. Get just have to get it. If you force a set of rules on yourself, no one has to follow them. You don't have to follow them. What will uh, what will force you to follow them, except some painful consequence? 
in the absence of such a painful consequence. This is why no one keeps a New Year's resolution. No one goes to the gym. No one loses weight because they put the rule on themselves. 99% of the people will not put a, keep a rule on themselves. The moment there's no pain, there's no consequence, and there's no gain. Okay? In almost all the instances of the mosque closures, mosque representatives said the French government gave inadequate or no evidence for this so-called separatism. Uh, Reuters issued a report early this year talking about how an array of powers that rights activists and international groups, including the UN, and members of the Muslim community say gives the authorities carte blanche to close down places of worship without proper scrutiny and with procedures so opaque the case can't be overturned. Okay. Again, uh, the naivete of looking at, like, rules. There's no rules. It's your heart. They hate you. That's the only rule that matters. Whatever words you put on paper, they'll find a way around it because their heart hates you. Okay. Fionuala ni Aloin. Okay. Well, they butcher our names all the time, so let's butcher all these French names. Uh, a UN special reporter on the protection of human rights say it's Kafkaesque. Kafka, he's an author. Uh, from the old, from not the old times, but maybe a century ago. Told the news agency of the legal procedures used in such cases which can include evidence where the source isn't identified. The flirtation with secret evidence is worrying, and it, but it also breaches provisions in international treaties relating to the right to a fair trial and equity before the law. So all these people need to get the memo, wake up and smell the coffee that what humans do is what they want to do and what they love to do, not what they agree on on a piece of paper. It means nothing. Go look at the Islamic countries. They claim we got the book of Allah and the son of his messenger and every pro uh, most of the presidents, they'll give lip service to this. Do they want to follow? No, they don't want to. So it doesn't matter even when you have a, a religion. It's what people want to do. So what is this anti-separatism law? When the French authorities decided to shut down the Obernay Mosque, they cited its prayer leader or imam saying he was radicalized further accusing the person of carrying out radical preaching activities, taking a hostile attitude towards French society and making provocative comments against the values of the Republic, which he should do. But the foolishness is living in their country. You should have all these views. And probably, if I read his views, I'd probably say, it's too mild, it's too watered down. This is not radical. This is weak. It should be far worse. But you should leave their country. What are you living in their country for? They don't want us there. The only people that really have a case are the born French Muslims. So they're born French and they convert. Now that's the problem. I'd love to watch that arena, right? I'd love to watch what, you know, uh, a Pierre who becomes a Muslim. That's what I want to see. Jean-Luc becomes a Muslim. Like that's what I want to see. But a Moroccan goes to be an imam in France. It is a controversial anti-separatism law that allows the authorities a free hand in targeting French Muslims by using this concept of separatism. Since the implementation of the law, which has received criticism from many observers, including rights defenders, academics, and activists, the life of Muslims in France has come under strict scrutiny. Critics of the law call it restrictive and repressive. Okay. 
Well, the, moreover, the newly released European Islamophobia Report 2021 mentions in its executive summary for the state of anti-Muslim sentiment in France that this law, which is supposed to provide a strong response against terrorism and radical Islam, has in fact provoked a violent crackdown on Muslim visibility and organization. It affects the first most visible Muslims, uh, first the most visible Muslims by extending a ban on religious symbols to many other spaces and criminalized any attempt to organize independent Muslim worship and fight Islamophobia by carrying out abusive cultures. One of the uh, uh, abusive closures. One of the crucial findings in the report states that the arbitrary closure or dissolution of many Islamic bodies such as associations, schools, mosques, and restaurants, or publishing houses, has very often been justified by unconvincing reasons. It is also important to question the intentions of the French government, which essentially is the French people, is not the government a reflection of the people, in implementing a policy that goes so far to criminalize, criminalize Muslimness. People, could you please read history a little bit? Okay. Could you please read history? Some brothers here, the, the youth, they don't know. They're wondering, why do French hate Muslims? It's, this is ancient. We're past more than 1,000 years. Okay? And you think, like, these soldiers from the Crusader times didn't come back and pass it on, and that soldier lived, you know, 70 years, and he's a grandfather, you know, 70 years after coming back and lived to 90 years old or 100 years old and passed it on to his son, and his son passed it on to his son, and then there was another crusade for hundreds of years up until the colonial times, which was just crusades by for another motive. That's it. The motive had changed. They are no longer interested in Christianity when the colonial period began. They were no longer interested in Christianity. They did it for, for money, for dunya. But still, same idea. So these people left their homes to kill you. When you come to their home, you think that you're going to get like hosted well or something like that? Or... Or treated well? Islamophobia in France is primarily the result of the state, which is the people, okay? which seeks to establish an Islam of France, which removes self-determination for France Muslim to make them Muslims without Islam. Whatever you want to call it. Okay? Okay. The least people who went in the ancient times were the British. They were mostly the, the colonizers... In the for us in Islamic history is the modern period, right? From the colonial, from the ancient times, we're talking a thousand years ago and more. It was the French and the Spanish, and some Italian, because northern Italy is it's closer to mainland Europe in their temperament and politics. Germany was not very present in the ancient times, nor was England. Now you fast forward to the colonial times, it's England leading the way, followed by France. And again, a little bit of Italy, and the Germans, I don't know what, they never had much of an appetite for colonization, right? They had a colony here and there, but they didn't have much of an appetite, okay? So, when Muslims go to Europe, I think their situation in their home countries has to be so bad that going to Europe to the land of these crusaders was an option. And I'll tell you what else happened. It's that the generations in England, uh, in Europe, swung back and forth. So you had these hardliners that followed the old 
uh, allegiances and that we're enemies to the Islamic world. Then they, they maybe they do some abuses, maybe things get really bad. And the next generation, they, get, they feel bad. They're liberals. They're soft-hearted. And they're like, um, let's, let's not do this to the people. Let's, let's bring some Senegalese in. Let's bring the Algerians in. Let's bring some Bengalis into England. Blah, blah, blah. Let's open the doors for these poor people. We really abuse them too badly, right? The son of, of the general and the abuser and the killer, you know, he has a rich son who's like uh, soft in his heart, like in a good way. He's a nice guy. Well, let's bring these Bengalis in to England. Let's bring these Pakistanis here. And let's bring the Algerians into France. Let's open the door. And it could benefit us. You know, they can work and we could tax them. But we feel bad. We want to make up for all that loss. Well, that's wonderful. And that's the reason why Muslims go there. Because the, these people talk like this. Okay, then what happens? That generation opens the door too much. Another generation says, hold on a second. Wait a second. I mean, I walk down my street and no one speaks English. And that produces a reaction. Conservatives. No, no, no. We're going to lose France like this. We're going to lose England. What does it mean to be French? Look at our soccer team. There's not a single French guy on the team. Right? They're all Algerian. They're all Senegalese or whatever. And it swings back. Okay? Give it another five years, ten years, it'll swing, swing back. And it keeps swinging back and forth. So these nations themselves have a type of um, two-mindedness in themselves. So they'll bring you in because they feel bad for you. Then the guy who brings you in gets voted out. That generation gets voted out. A new generation comes in who can't tolerate you. Uh, the land of Allah is vast. Okay, I met a guy, he left Belgium. Not France, Belgium. Because the Belgians are like the French, essentially. Okay. He left Belgium because it's the, just, the, there's no way to actually live well in these countries in the sense of fairly going up the ladder while also trying to go up the ladder of Iman. It's not going to happen. So he left. And he went to the Dominican Republic. Right? And he's going to probably leave there because there's just like mass depression there. All right, right. read me some questions before we go to the next story, which is Muhammad Salah, supposedly one of the best soccer players. He himself is facing some serious um, backlash for being Muslim. Asma, okay. Asma is saying that the reason why people go or why uh, France pulls people in is for cheap labor and yeah, diverse skill labor. sets. Yeah, for cheap labor. But then they regret it afterwards, right? Like, oh, it's, it's too brown now, right? Footage went viral showing Chelsea fans in a pub singing a song about Salah being a bomber. The incident is the latest incident of prejudice. Um, I have to be honest with you. You know, a little bit of, you know, this type of stuff. It doesn't move me, to be honest with you. Yeah, that is, that's the story, right? <laughs> that, I mean, by the way, look, if it, the bomber, the Yankees are called the Bronx Bombers, right? It's almost like that's not really that bad as a, as a, as a curse. Oh, you blow stuff up. That's, it doesn't really, it's not like they're making fun of your face or your nose. That would be far worse, right? As a soccer player. 
Yeah. Like, it's like, they say this stuff all the time. Like, yeah. This is so normal in, in fanatics with totally. sports. Oh, yeah. All the terrible stuff. Oh, totally. Right. I remember Jeremy Lin, you know, uh, writing this piece as if some, you know, Jeremy Lin is a Chinese basketball player. And he has an amazing story. But he went out and he, uh, uh, expose on life in the NBA and he's in the G League. Unfortunately, like he couldn't really make it in, in, in the NBA anymore. But he's in the G League. And he says, the racism in the G League, okay. And what's the article? The guy comes by him, right? And, he's, uh, and he says, you know, the guy who's guarding him, Lynn misses a shot. Nice shot, coronavirus, and he moves on, right? <laughs> and you're, are you seriously going to write an article for that? Like, come on, what, what happened anymore? Like, no one has any sense anymore, right? That, yeah, there is banter that ups, is somewhat upsetting, fine, but you, you can say something back, right? So, Chelsea fans singing, Salah is a bomber. Ah, uh, come on, right? It's not much of a, to me... And I'm telling you, I, for, for stuff that's directed against us, right? When I was in seventh grade, uh, people, we used to make fun of each other. And grade school is bad, right? In grade school, the first thing that you would do when you find somebody, you got to find his weakness, right? Because you never know he's going to lash out at you. You got to have something ready. Like, for example, maybe his uh, whatever about him. That's how it was. I'm not saying it was good, but that's how it was. They used to say to me something like, oh, where's your prayer mat? I used to say, man, these prayer mats are gorgeous. You're not, this is not a put-down. Our rugs are beautiful. How is that a put-down? So people have to think, thicken up their skin. I'm not even reading the rest of this article, right, to be honest with you. <laughs> AFC, I don't know who that is, uh, a football club, I guess, have launched an investigation. Okay. Please, I'm a Muslim. And I'm telling you, not really a big deal. Okay, I would not want to be seen whining about this. Okay, all right. Not to really extend discussion on sports too much, but you know who is the biggest whiner of all time is Scottie Pippen. This guy is the most negative. Does anything exude out of this guy except complaints? Complaining about Jordan. Complaining about the coach. Complaining that, what's his name, uh, number seven, whatever, that European guy got the final shot. He's still complaining about that. 1994, the coach uses him at, what's his name? Phil Jackson. In, in a game that they had to win, uses Pippen as a decoy and gives the ball to that European dude. Okay. Who was a great offensive player? Okay. He uses him as a decoy. And until today, Pippen is bitter about it. Nothing exudes out of this guy except negativity. That's why you're not an, a, a, mega, a number one superstar with people who love it, although he's one of the best players. But it's just all negativity. I was going to read the news today, and today is the day of reading Muslim news. But I got to be honest with you, I can't. It's all just terrible, terrible news. So, in India, Muslims got flogged. 
Okay, they got flogged. I just can't read this anymore. It's just so bad. We just battered around from pillar to post. It's terrible. Okay. Muslims in multiple areas of India are facing arrest, demolition, and even they're getting flocked for disrupting Navratri celebrations. According to the New, Be- New Delhi's Maktoub media, okay, said that three Muslims are accused of disrupting these celebrations. Okay. The village was demolished. And they flogged these people. The men were taken into custody. They were booked. And I just can't read this stuff anymore. It's just every single article is like a sob story for Muslims. Here's uh, Xinjiang's Muslims in China. All right, next article. It's going to be Afghanistan. A man is so poor that he sort of went crazy. I guess he killed three of his sons. Uh, Two arrested in of a stabbing outside of Coventry Mosque. It's just everything is is just getting beat up from pillar to post. That's the the era that we're living in. But let's read this story from outside the Coventry Mosque. Two men have been suspected or arrested on suspicion of murder after a 52-year-old Muslim man was stabbed to death outside of El Medina Central Mosque and Institute in Coventry. Five pillars. Stop these pop-ups. I don't want, I'm not signing up with any emails. Stop the pop-ups. Police were called to the mosque just after 9 p.m. to reports of a fight involving a large group. And knives were pulled out. Officers found two people who had been injured, including a 52-year-old man, was stabbed. What is England turning into some, like, uh, backwards country now? Just being stabbed left and right, marches left and right. A second man, age 44, suffered a small stab wound. A 56-year-old man was arrested by armed officers. A 27-year-old suspect was arrested. All questioned for this murder. In a statement on Monday, Muhammad Qadri, the head of the mosque, said, It is with great sadness and distress that I announced that last night we made the funeral prayer at 8.55 p.m. All right. A man by the name of Hajrab Rab Nawaz was viciously stabbed outside the mosque. The victim had his car targeted initially, then was stabbed. He was rushed into the mosque for safety and sanctuary and only to collapse inside the mosque okay, and breathed his final breaths. The attackers did not hold back and they continued their assault. They came into the mosque car park, which is the parking lot, holding large knives and machetes. Think, like, what, what country is this? Like, it's a weird way of killing somebody. Searching for the victim. We believe this was instigated and pre-planned. And it has, a, it has to do with a family feud. I speak on behalf of the mosque and the local communities who con- severely condemn this vile, despicable, and callous act. The life of any individual is precious and sacred. I request the local community allow to the police to carry out their investigations. This was an isolated incident and it is not part of religious or communal tensions. Why am I reading it then? Right? It's not really Ummah wide news, it's just this family's news. Okay, so that's the important part. That's just it's a family feud, it has nothing to do with Ummah wide news. 
All right, let's go to the Q and A because I'm not. I don't really like any of the stories today. All the stories are just. All right, Qatar spends two hundred billion dollars on the World Cup, and we wonder why we have an Ummah that's a failure when that money could have gone, you know, to your. It's for entertainment. What are they going to win back? How much money are you going to make back? Four hundred billion? No, I doubt it. Imran Khan, contempt charges were dropped against him. None of this is really Ummah-wide news. Okay. Yemeni ceasefire talks break down in Yemen. I'm going to open up YouTube and Instagram, and I'm going to look for your comments and questions before we make our dua and our dhikr. All right, announcements. We have reached, mashallah, we've reached our limit. Not our limit, our goal. We reached our goal. Of course, people could still donate, but we reached our goal. And I'm going to pull the ad, khalas. The launch good, khalas. I want people to know that when we ask for a certain amount of money, that's all we're taking. We're not going to see an opening and keep taking more, right? Because we need the donors out there in our community. People don't know what we're talking about. We had a goal on launch good to collect money for three shabab to go to Umrah. Okay? Three shabab to go to Umrah. We got it. We're going to give them the Umrah trip, inshallah ta'ala. And we have to pray that they accept it, first of all. But if they don't accept it, we go to the next. But three shabab high school youth will go to Umrah thanks to your efforts. Okay? Thank you to your efforts and your charity. And it's really an amazing thing. Okay, um, that how fast, like we didn't even put a Facebook post or a Twitter. I don't even think I put a Twitter up, a post up or Instagram post. It's just through the live stream and the ArcView chats. That's literally all the only place I put it. And to a f- couple friends, it's the intention. It's the, 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 the goal, the idea that you can send a high school youth from America to Umrah. It's going to be a great protection. They're all public school kids, too, that we're sending off. We want to send the kid that's, that's vulnerable to, you know, these, these influences, anti-Muslim, anti-Islamic influences, yet at the same time that they showed effort. And these youth, they put over 200 hours in the masjid. I think maybe even 250 if we, count, we go past coronavirus, right? Um, before corona, I mean. Amazing. It's amazing that the community did this. You're all going to get the reward for that. So that's the first announcement. All right. Sec- and next year, next year, 10. Our goal is going to be 10 next year. Inshallah. Next announcement today is the day for Shafi'i Fiqh. Ya ayyuha Shafi'iya. Sign up for arcview.org so that you can get educated in your fiqh. Sign up today. And you get over 40 pre-recorded. Hey, Ryan, do we have the little banner for ArcView anymore? Down there somewhere? Okay, we'll have to get you one. But, Shafi'i Fiqh, sign up for that. And sign up for ArcView Plus, if you're a student of knowledge, because Sheikh Osama's Joharat al-Tawheed class is gold. Gold, I tell you. Joharat al-Tawheed. You go to arcview.org. 
and you sign up for ArcView Plus. If you are Talib Ilm, okay, and you sign up for ArcView Plus, and you get, you can join now the Shafi Fit class. It's amazing. And, uh, uh, sorry, the Jawharat Tawheed class. So today is Sheikh Osama's day on ArcView. What's the next announcement, Rai? Patreon.com, you want to support the podcast and support the stream, which is now streaming on Spotify. You can get these recordings on YouTube and on Spotify. All right. And on Google Play and Apple Music, everywhere. Support us at patreon.com backslash Safina Society. All right. What do we got here? People agreeing with me here that, what the heck? Are you serious? A song about Salah? That's what you're worried about? Calling him a bomber? Not an article. Okay. Um, not anything worthwhile. Let's see what else we got. Anglo-Saxons have similar roots to Vikings, but they went to England getting rid of the native Celts. Then the Anglo-Saxons were in power for a few centuries. The Vikings got northern uh, of the Isles. I'm not exactly totally familiar uh, with, uh, to be honest with you, Scandinavian and, uh, and Celtic history, to be quite honest with you. Do we fast on the 12th of Rabi'ad Awwal? No, the Madakiyas say we don't fast on Ayad. They consider it like Ayid, so we don't fast on it. Jennifer Friel. I'm not sure if it reaches the level of difficulty that would make that... Hey, Ray, could you zoom up to see what she's saying? Tamam? If you don't have running... If you don't have running hot water, can you make tayamum or ghus? Uh, or... The fact you can heat is keep changing. Yeah, you keep, keep heating. So in the countries that have really, really cold weather, like really cold weather, they're allowed to make tamu for fedr. Fedr. In the middle of the day, they could put a fire on and turn and heat up the water. Today, in these day and age, if you know that it's going to happen, in this day and age, I believe, and Allah knows best, that um, if you heat up water on a stove... And there is not much difficulty in doing that. Then we can warm up the water and then make wudu from it. Because it, that fatwa about the tayammum came at a time when you would have to light a fire. And lighting a fire means go and get wood, blah, blah, blah. This is a haraj. So those mountaineers, Muslims that lived in the mountains, and the water would literally be so cold during fetch they make tayammum. But the same, they don't get the same rukhsa for Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, because you're up and awake and you could light a fire, no problem. But in today, now fast forward, what is the purpose of that of this fatwa is that it's it's a hardship to light a fire. But for us, is it a hardship to turn the stove on? Not really. If you're going to get up and you turn the stove on for five minutes, that water is warm enough to make, or stick it in the microwave even, less of an issue. Okay, that water is warm enough or not cold enough to warrant tayammum. Do Ahlul Bayt get double the reward and punishment for sins and uh, good actions? Do Ahlul Bayt 
we know that about the well it's not that they get double because we know that the double is explicitly mentioned for the wives of the prophet but what we do know is that that they have a, a, a they have a noble gift that Allah gave them the nobility of being part of the prophet's lineage so if they do good it sort of it's polished by that lineage and if they do bad then it's worse because they've uh, they have the sin of sort of not living up to uh, and giving a bad name to maybe to to the ahlul bayt and Allah knows best Does emotional pain cleanse sins? Yes, it does. Of course it does. Yes, emotional pain is probably far worse than than physical pain, right? Just do an analogy like this. I mean, if you had, if on the day of your wedding, okay, or let's put it this way, your, your, your son is getting married, you're the happiest mom in the world, and then you step on a nail, all right? Or the day that, you get a raise and you have a windfall of money, $50,000 coming to you. All right? Which is not even that much money, but let's say $50,000 is coming to you. Yet on that day, you have a big fight with your husband and he storms out of the house. Which, which is worse, right? So physical pain is less than emotional pain. Emotional pain is far worse. The Mad Bison says, I feel insecure about my hair loss. Um, I feel like I won't be able to get married. What advice do you have for me? Well, I mean, Sharia allows you to return what you lost. So maybe you can consider their... I remember the old Islamic magazines, they always have these solutions for hair loss and that this is something that is halal for a person to do. And um, we shouldn't... um, you know, belittle anything halal, you can go and investigate the procedures that can be done for this. Okay, so, uh, Habib says that they have these in Turkey, so. Um, right, and that's, it is across the board, it is halal. To return to your body what you were born with and lost. Right? And I think it's getting cheaper and cheaper uh, every year. So it's almost like someone who loses a tooth. You can bring it back. No, you can put teeth. Because it's based on like what is the general human being born with, right? The generally the human being is born with this stuff. So he can put it. Um, some people, by the way, women can do it too. Some women lose their hair. There's chemicals that come in. Uh, in, into our bodies poor oxygen right Allah knows best also what was I going to tell you if you have a nicely shaped head some people are gifted their head is shaped beautifully go bald right? Michael Jordan was the first guy to make this popular and celebrities I forget the, he had a good shaped head not everyone has a nicely shaped head it would probably be the easiest thing in the world right you have to wake up and comb your hair every day in any event. I like having no hair personally because you enjoy it. Every time you go in the shower, it's just. Oh, it's, it's so easy. So much yeah. 
if you have a nicely shaped head. All right. All right, what fifth questions we have here? Some said if you say you can't ask others to make dua for you, the Prophet ﷺ made dua and told Sayyidina Omar, do not forget us in your dua. Omar, uh, he, the Prophet ﷺ said to Omar ibn Khattab himself when he was going to Umrah, uh, don't forget us in your dua. SubhanAllah. So the Prophet said that. Does he even need anyone's dua? Is it permissible, says Hakman, to invest in Bitcoin? Um, it's different upon, but the answer is yes. There are many scholars that approved of it. Is it. What is our opinion? Why did not a lot of traditional scholars say anything about Yusuf al-Qaradawi? Well, they did have, a, uh, I guess, a rivalry with him in terms of maybe the menhaj that he approached, and they didn't really appreciate his fatawa, maybe. Allahu Adam. But I, I personally don't like to have a lot of... That's why I don't like to get close to people, to be honest with you. Keep a nice, healthy distance. It's easier to have what we call husnavan, right? It's easier to have a good opinion of Muslims, all right, when you have a distance from them, if you know what I mean. But if you get too close and you have a massive feud with another scholar, it's going to be very hard for you to have a pure heart towards him. And I personally don't like that. So I like to have a, like a clean heart towards people. And the, the cost of that is don't get too close. In other words, too close meaning don't get intertwined with, with in, in anything that would result in a fitna. So, I personally don't like that. Personally. All right. Snake juice, you got your wish. Snake juice, he's asked us to put us in matrimonial. Now I'm sitting in the studio, Ryan and Habib, they're like, we, this is not a good idea. You're Habib, you're against it. No, okay. Look, look at how Hassan Osmani wants to do it, him and his wife. People submit biodata at nbic.org backslash mawadda. We'll put it in the chat. In a second. Is it on the NBIC shoulder? Yes. It's on NBIC shoulder. Now, how do they do it? There is no shopping around there will be no pictures up you will fill out your bio data and fill out a survey to the best of your capability okay now if you're just joining us listen up if you want to get married we're trying to facilitate this for people for people to meet others and if you're if you're on this stream then you probably have you know similar beliefs so that's one thing that you can check off so if you go to this website you got to fill out, Hassan Osmani says, fill out as much bio data as possible. Don't put something like, I like to travel, or I like eating dinner, or I like <laughs> right, cat, uh, buying cats, or having cats as a pet, okay? I like sleeping. I like, yeah, don't say these general things. Make it as specific as possible about your beliefs, about your families. How do you want to raise a family? Where do you want to live? What industry job are you in? Okay. What's your background? What masjid do you go to? As much data as possible. Okay. Now what they do is they, they read. They'll read yours. Let's say it's, it's, it's a woman. She puts in all these things that she's all about. 
you got to put as much detail as possible. They then will go to the brothers and see where is the compatibility. Let's say you're 50% compatible, but you're 90% compatible, but you say we have to live in, in, in Leicester, England. And then another guy is like perfectly compatible, but they want to live, let's say, in, 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 uh, in the United States. Idaho, America, okay? So they may just say, listen, you guys are totally compatible, but if you're willing to negotiate on the place of location, and they'll email one, the guy, they'll email the girl, okay? Are you compatible to move? Are you, is it up for negotiation? Is it compatible for, for you? No. He says no. And they drop it. So they, there is, it's as halal as it can be because Nobody is, you're not scrolling through pictures of women and pictures of men. They're, gonna, they're the ones who are going to read your biodata and find somebody that suits you, okay? So not only do you have to write what you really want with detail, you also have to write what you don't believe in. Like, I will not marry, I, it's not negotiable for me to live in France. It's not negotiable to me if... Um, you support this or that or the other. All right? So it's nbic.org. nbic. Where is my dot not working? Jeez. Right, could you type it in, please? nbic.org backslash mawadda. Yeah, the the simple spelling, no H's, no funny business. Uh, Habib, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill what you want in for you. Yeah, yeah. So your bio data has they, information. They match you, Hassan and Hassan and they're gonna have so much work. They're gonna have so much work. This is gonna be a million people are gonna yep. fill it out. Yeah. Then they, they know you won't get an email. Yeah. So let's say you put in, I'm 22. Um, I work in the car rental industry. Okay. Uh, uh, I study Maliki Fiqh. I'm Pakistani. Okay. I, um, I want to live in New Jersey. And as Snake Juice liked the comment yesterday, I'm anti-woke. I, I no tolerance for any of this for these liberals. I have no tolerance for liberals, right? What else is this, is biodata? Huh? There, there are no, no Wahhabis will not enter the households, right? Uh, stuff like that. I'm looking for somebody who is younger than me. It doesn't have. She doesn't have to be Pakistani. She could be pretty much um, anything. Right, and she needs to study with me. She has to be a woman who loves knowledge. Okay, she has to have this, that, or the other. Okay, blah 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 blah. So go to the website. All right, and you could be European. Doesn't make a difference because they're just emailing you. They're going to email you. Hey, are you interested in this type of person? Here's their bio data. No names mentioned. You're going to say yes. Go to the other person. Are you interested in this bio data? Yes. Okay, now you can. Uh, I guess a mutual email will be sent to you 
where this person matches with you, you both seemed to, you wanted to meet each other, now meet each other, okay? And, and go deal with it, okay? Our Umrah is going to Medina first. Yeah, Athar, you didn't tell me how many people, ugh, my, the internet is down on my phone again because he didn't tell me how many, let's ask Athar how many spots left. Yeah, Athar, answer me, please. Huh? You're gonna, you're not gonna get a spot soon. Salam. How many spots left? How many spots left? Can you send names? Can you send me names? All right. So you all, you all understand how this, this marriage thing works? I want to see people get married. I can't stand having this. You have Nyama and you see these people suffering. Wallahi, suffering. Okay? Being single like this. All right, so that's Habib's, basically, that's Habib's bio data, right? Yeah. What else do you want to say about yourself, Habib? <laughs> he said uh, he said that he wants a woman who's doing Athkar all night <laughs> Hamza Hussein says Hyderabadi biryani is a, is, a, is a must okay man no one answered the, 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 the travel agency hasn't answered Maham's email yet what is it, Habib? Yeah. <laughs> All right, now listen to this. Um, the land package. We haven't even released it. I don't even know. Um, I, I, don't, I didn't get yet the, um, the roster for this Umrah, so I, I, I keep asking them for the roster. They haven't given me the roster yet. I need the roster to know how many spots are left, who's going, who hasn't be, email hasn't been answered, so all this. How are Sa- Saudi Qurra different from other Qurra? They're Wahhabis. That's the difference. They recite well. So many of them recite very well. But they have a different Aqidah. Okay? Are the books of Hassan al-Banna okay to read? Did he write a lot of books? He did write a couple books. And I read them, yes. I didn't mind them. Like in knowledge, it's, I, I, I liked them, to be honest with you. And I liked him. I know many people are Egyptians are like allergic to him. But yes, they differed that he shouldn't have started this organization and blah, blah, blah. Okay, you can have critiques of that knowledge wasn't emphasized enough or whatever. He was a righteous man, in my opinion, my personal belief. Is a sin committed in a video game the same as a real sin? No. But it depends what you're doing. Uh, in these video games, but it, no, it is not a real sin. Okay. Can I do Raf Ali Adain, says me, as a Hanafi, if I am convinced of the evidences? All right, this is a very good question. He's convinced of the evidences in another method. So I would tell you this. You need to review your methodology first. You shouldn't be studying the evidences of other madhahib. You should be studying the methodology 
of the madhab of your choice. Your Hanafi, that is not a nationality that you're born with. It's not an ethnicity. It's a choice based on the usul of this madhab. So study the methodology of the madhab, the imams of the madhab, and then either be convinced or not convinced. If you are convinced that these, these method, this usul, this methodology of deriving rulings is sound and is correct, then you follow it with everything. That's your methodology. That's the way to go about it, not the way of what you're doing of studying the evidence of a particular mas'ala from another madhab. No. Study the usul of the Shafi'i madhab. Study the usul of the Hanafi madhab. Take your time doing that. Make a decision. Then you live your life on that. Discussion over. How do I tell a kid about Mawlid when he is already brainwashed? And he thinks nasheeds are haram. He's a kid. Just wait until he stumbles on some sins. And he'll be humble a little bit. He'll get humble a little bit. And then he'll realize why people are doing what they're doing. Because we need to revive ourselves. Uh, we need to revive our deen. We need to revive our love of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay. Um, Chief Latif, can I come visit the stream in December? Yes. And we've actually, we are in the process of preparing a, a, a guest committee. A hosting crew. That will, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, uh, act as a, as hosts to all the guests that we're going to receive that we've been receiving lately and they're going to have inshallah ta'ala like there it's going to be it's going to be like a little bed and breakfast it's not going to be with like a nice bed or anything it'll be like with a cot almost and but you have towels you have bathroom you have some eggs you have some coffee machine etc i received some tough news to take today can you all make dua for me says maham Allah Ta'ala make things easy for you Today is Wednesday between Duhr and Asr So make a strong dua Reed says Would you recommend people to move to Saudi? Mm, I, I, I never lived there myself So I can't tell you yes or no Habib Obeid Allah said something when we were there that yeah. was pretty, I thought it was pretty strong as He said like A lot of people want to move to uh, Mecca Where he was living but like the responsibility that you have to uphold. There's a spiritual at, responsibility. At every moment. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty, pretty It heavy. is. Like the, you can't go into sins and ghafla when you're living in this these holy lands. If someone is very close to accepting Islam, should you push them? It's a case-by-case basis. If you know them and you know that their personality needs a push, then yes. If not, then no. So Chief Latif, you need to co- contact us like a week in advance so we can prepare the house for you. And you get three days. All our guests get maximum three days. Then we charge you. We should probably charge you from before that. But why? Because it is a stress on the guest committee. Right? Oh, Muhammad Daniel Hassanain. Really good question. Who are the shiyukh of the person? What is your Islamic influence? That's a really good point. You got to put that. All right? You got to put that. Okay. Who, what's your Islamic influence? Where do you learn your deen from? That's a very good point. 
the basis of the substitution theory of Jesus, is it based on Israeliyat? I have to double check that. No, well, no, it's based on the Quran. Like who it was may be a theory. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Walakin shubbiha lahum. They did arrest a body that they thought was Jesus, and they punished that body. Whose body was it? Is the question. Was he made to look like his enemy? Was his enemy made to look like him? And then they punished him so that his Sayyidina Isa's enemy received the punishment? Judas? That question is not in the Quran. But Walakin Shubbihalahum Wama Salabu Wama Katalu Walakin Shubbihalahum. Okay. Now listen to this. There was a Sheikh, an Egyptian Sheikh. He was jailed in America. He talked to the, the jailer, uh, the, the guard, and he said, and he starts saying, what's your belief, what's your religion? He said, Jesus. And he said, you love Jesus? He said, yes. Well, let me give you, would you want me to give you good news about Jesus? He said, yes. He said, okay, tomorrow. Right? So the guy said, okay. Next day, you want, this is, he said, this is amazing news if you truly love Jesus, but I won't tell you today. I'll tell you tomorrow. He kept waiting, waiting, waiting. Until the guy said, it's like, tell me. So he, he, he um, got him curious, first of all. He said, repeat after me. وَمَا صَلَبُوا وَمَا قَتَلُوا وَلَكِنْ شُبِّهَا لَهُمْ Right? He said, Jesus was never crucified nor felt an ounce of pain. The guy was so happy, right? Because he truly loved Jesus. You don't want him to have any pain, right? He never experienced not one prick of pain. Okay? And he became so happy, right? And a little bit, time passed, and he became Muslim. The, jail, uh, the, the guard. Sharif Antoya says, a Muslim college frat house with dhikr nights instead of parties. Yeah, yes and no. The thing is that um, uh, the frat houses are filthy. So we want to... Uh, huh? Oh, yeah, it feels much better to live with your parents. Right, uh, food is nice. House is clean. You know, it's actually a house. There's people there, so um, the frat houses. Besides the frat house part, then yeah. So Maliki Click, when you come, you could stay here. But if you, the hotel will be much more comfortable. But people are free to to crash here. Okay, Sharif is just. Uh, Putting his bio data right here. Follows a madhab. If she doesn't follow a madhab, it's a red flag. Okay. <laughs> red flag. No, I wouldn't totally be that strict. If she's anti-madhab as a as a as a position, that's a red flag, right? Like the, you've solidified your position that these madhabs are all wrong. I'm not following any one of them. That's an issue because that's not compatible to someone who believes in a madhab. But someone who just she doesn't have a method. She doesn't study. She never knew any better, right? I remember uh, a sister. She said that um, when uh, uh, someone was, she married a guy. The guy was teaching her about madhahib. And he said, well, Madik is from Medina. Abu Hanifa is from Kufa. She said, where's Kufa? He said, Iraq. She said, Abu Hanifa is from Iraq? All this time I thought he's from Pakistan. <laughs> 
people just don't know. You can't ex- assume, assume that people know stuff. Okay. Sophia, how do you answer a child who asks, why did Allah create the universe and mankind when he doesn't need anything? The answer is, out of generosity and love for the creation. To give generosity, and uh, to be generous and to love the creation. And so that they could have the greatest gift is to love Allah by choice. Because once they love Allah by their own free will and their own choice, the generosity that they receive will have no bounds. Okay. Are we ready to go to our uh, to our dhikr? Let's go to our dhikr, inshallah. Swift K says, how do we be consistent? All right, I'll give you a trick. If you struggle with consistency, the reason that you struggle with consistency is you forget. And the solution to forgetting is remembering. And the way to remember something is to write it everywhere. Okay? To write it everywhere. Like we in America, we drive cars a lot. So anything that you have in your car, like little cue cards, keep them in your car. You, as soon as you get in your car, you remember it. Uh, your phone screensaver. So, but you got to keep it simple. Let's say it's ratib. Keep it simple. Just keep reminding yourself ratib. Everywhere you put, you write it down. You keep it. So that's what, the, the disease of consistency. What, what, why do people aren't consistent? Because they forget. The solution to forgetfulness is reminders. So constant reminders. But you got to keep it simple. All right, let us move on now to, uh, and again, question on the Umrah land package. Yes, you can get the land package and then get your own flight and meet us there. We are, we'll be at, arriving at Medina December 23rd. Just get your flight to December 23rd to Medina al-Munawwara and you can meet us there. All right, we will, inshallah ta'ala, recite now Hizb al-Nasr. Imam al-Haddad, and then we will do a little bit of dua. We ask Allah Ta'ala to bless this uh, short dhikr that we're going to do and this short dua and accept all of our prayers, all those who are seeking health and wealth and marriage and children and iman and freedom from sins. We ask Allah Ta'ala to bless them all and accept this dua from everybody. And all those who are sick and all those who are suffering in the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that it be that Allah alleviate their sin, their, their hardships and their sicknesses and their pains and replace it with happiness. Happiness and barakah and blessings in this life and the next. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. Liaghfira laka Allahumma taqaddam min dhambika wa ma ta'akhar. ويتم نعمته عليك ويهديك صراطا مستقيما وينصرك الله نصرا عزيزا وكان عند الله وجيها وجيها في الدنيا والآخرة من المقربين وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله وفتح قريب وبشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كونوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم للحواريين من أنصاري إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم 
ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسي السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم والله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم أعيد نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين ويتكلم بشفتين حصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخاف وأحذر من الجن والإنس وإن يحضرون عز جاره وجل ثناؤه وتقدست أسماؤه لا إله غيره اللهم إني أجعلك في نهور أعدائي وأعوذ بك من شرورهم وتحيرهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ نار من أراد بعداوة من الجن والإنس يا حافظ يا حفيظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وأعز سلطانك تحصنت بالله وبأسماء الله وبآيات الله وملائكة الله وأنبياء الله ورسل الله والصالحين من عباد الله حصنت نفسي بلا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم اللهم احرسني بعينك التي لا تنام واكنفني بكنفك الذي لا يرام وارحمني بقدرتك علي فلا أهلك وأنت الثقتي ورجائي يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا درك الهالكين يا درك الهالكين يا درك الهالكين اكفني شر كل طارق يطرق بليل أو نهار إلا طارقا يطرق بخير إنك على كل شيء قدير بسم الله أرقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس أذهب الباس اشفي أنت الشافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء لا يغادر السقما ولا ألما يا كافي يا وافي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفع عني كل تعب شديد واكفني من الحد والحديد والمرض الشديد والجيش العديد واجعل لي نورا من نورك وعزا من عزك ونصرا من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك وعطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأييد من تأييدك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام والمواهب العظام أسألك أن تكفيني من شر كل ذي شر إنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه والحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهرا وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين.
صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين